Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation. We have a terrific episode for you today, and our guest represents a new country to the list, our 63rd country on the show, as we welcome our first guest from the Caribbean country of Haiti, professional DJ Clermont. Dosu, better known as DJ June, is our guest. A month ago, I was in Salt Lake City for my first Utah jazz game. Really enjoyable night, certainly a thrill. And that's where I first came across today's guest, as DJ June is the official in-arena DJ for the Utah Jazz. Now, as a basketball and music lover, I mean, I don't think there's a better job on the planet. He gets to play the music for the players and thousands of fans during the games. All the while, he has the best seat in the house, as he gets to view NBA games on a nightly basis. It's fitting that DJ June represents the Utah Jazz, as they are known for having a roster filled with many talented international players. DJ June was born into a musical family in Haiti, and he's been spinning in one form or another since the age of 15. When he moved to Utah, his tenacity and growing skill set helped him to expand his DJ portfolio. Today, he is an NBA DJ, the official in-house Utah Jazz DJ. He's done corporate events, work for JetBlue Airlines, AMC Network, Sundance Film Festival, and many bars in Salt Lake, nightclubs, and weddings. His mission is to create an amazing experience for his clients and his guests. He's currently residing in Utah, where he's one of the best DJs in the state, but he's also had the privilege to be hired both internationally and domestically, including Montreal, New York City, Dominican Republic, and various other parts of the United States. On today's episode, we chat about his musical beginnings and the songs that played the soundtrack to his youth. We also discuss the difference in preparation for a club or bar setting versus a Utah jazz game in a big arena. We also go into depth about some of his favorite songs to play during the night, the ones that, that catch the attention of the crowd. And we also chat about what it's like forming a relationship with the crowd and how a DJ gets one to trust them. Really, really great conversation, especially if you're a music lover. It's rewarding to be able to have someone on the guest who I've seen in person as well. Thrilled for everyone to meet him. So let's go ahead and bring on talented DJ from Haiti, now living in Utah, DJ June, and let's learn. Jokingly, the first question I was going to ask you, how the heck do you do it on horizontal waveforms, man? I am vertical waveform forever, and just seeing you on horizontal, I'm like, how does he do it? Uh, for me, I don't know. I think it's, I mean, for my eyes, I think it's easier to just see the line like this instead of seeing the line like this. So um, I think it makes more sense for me. Um, Visually, so I'm not, I don't know. It's yeah, I think it's also probably like how you started on it too, once you get used to it, like you just kind of- Yeah, I started, first of all, I didn't even start with Survivor, I started with Virtual DJ. Okay. So, and that's how it was when I started. And I, I feel like the waveform is this way, even when you're editing- You're right. From anything, it's gonna be, you know, um, that way. So I was like, yeah, it's it makes more sense. So in case I have to switch to something else, um, I won't have any problem, but I tried to, uh, um, horizontal, but I don't know, man. It's it feels weird, <laughs> and I also the the placement for me, I it's yeah. like in the middle of the screen. I feel like having it 
um, like right under the A and B um, section, I think it visually makes more sense. Isn't that wild though? Like it does make more sense horizontally, but once you get used to a certain way, just that small change, like it could just screw with your head. It's, it's amazing how that happens. It, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Just really excited to chat with you. I wish I would have been able to say what's up, but I'll, I'll be back. I like it up there. I had a great time. I read that you were born into a musical family. So do you remember your earliest musical inspirations? I wouldn't say inspiration. Do you know why? Because it was almost like you going to school and then you, I was assigned to like a musical school also. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not like I was inspired. I'm like, oh, I want to go to school. No, I was just like everybody was taking um, um, like piano lessons or some some type of lesson. So I was like, all right. My brother was already playing the piano, my older brother. I was like, yeah, the piano sounds good. And we had a piano at home. So I was like, you know, it's going to be easier for me to practice. And that's how it started. But um, music is just in the Haitian culture period. So yeah. it's just something like you wake up at 7 a.m., someone's playing music. You go, it's just like 24-7 in the street, you're going to hear it. People are driving, you're going to hear it. Um, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, there's holiday just for music. So it's just... You know what I mean? You get inspired just by listening to music and you realize music is just part of yeah. who we are as human beings, period. You know what I mean? We like to move, we like to dance and the rhythm and all that stuff makes, it, it, it helps us to make us feel alive. So I think it it's definitely something, you know, I gravitated, gravitated towards and I was like, oh, right, that's cool. You know awesome. what I mean? How music can definitely like uh, captivate your um attention get your attention make you pause for a second make you move make you feel some type of emotion so i'm like okay there's something there so that's me looking back though so you know when you're there you just go with the flow <laughs> yeah well let's keep looking back so when you go back to those times in haiti who were some of the artists or the songs that stand out that that will take you back instantly on that memory to your time growing up there i mean first of all a lot of haitian artists mm -hmm. um you know the Haitian music, the compa and everything. Because we that's what we listen to most of the time. But the American culture was also a big influence. Um we did I you know MTV and all those stuff. Like you would you know like BT. You get to listen to all type of music and you're like, okay, that's cool. And when we go to like an event and we would definitely not just play Haitian music, we would play almost everything and kind of feel like connected to different cultures. So yeah. there's so many different artists that definitely um, made a big impact. Yeah. I would say Sean Paul, he had a couple of huge songs, you know what I mean, coming up. Um, 50 Cent for sure, you know what I mean? Um, the 80s and the 90s for me personally wasn't really big in terms of like um, what people would consider 80s and 90s in this country. Um, you know, like the 80s when people say can you play some 80s you you, you know what playlist i'm talking about mm -hmm. um in the 90s you're talking about like you know the more hip-hop 90s stuff like that that wasn't really a big thing for us we were almost like current what's new what's hot right now okay. and what's going to help us have a good time wherever we're at so yeah um yeah those are i think those are the vibe we were i was i grew up you know vibing with and over time definitely changed a little bit but i think you remember the first album you ever purchased or owned? I don't think, I mean, I think it was Haitian music. Okay. Like, you know, we bought CDs. It had to be Haitian music because, um, you know, we would look forward to uh, festivals and stuff like that. And, you know, we have the whole album, you know, you know, every lyrics and every song. Yeah. And 
as a DJ, to be honest, I started downloading music so early. And some of the music, I would get them, you know, under <laughs> under the radar, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. I have everything. So I, I used to actually sell CDs and just, just make CDs for people and start a little yeah. business like that because I used to get the song. And sometimes they would send it to me. But most of the time when I was starting, I would find a way to get it first because I knew it was hot so I could have it. I could say, hey, I have it. Do you want me to make a CD for you? So, um, yeah, LimeWire was a big. Lime. <laughs> <laughs> I had that, and I used to download torrents and, and you know, you download big folders with oh, like yeah. 300 songs, and you just have to go through all of them and see what's good, what's not. Oh, man. And you had like the, I think the, the, the DJ Clue name drop was on all of them, right? DJ Clue, yeah. Clue, and, Clue and everything. <laughs> so, there are so many name drops sometimes. Yeah, You're like, yeah. damn, can I, can I just play the song? But, <laughs> That's what happens. So I think, yeah, Lamar was really big. There was another one, um, Napster. Or, Napster was before, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kazaa, something I think. Kazaa was the other one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those ones, you know, you just, and the internet was slow also. So you would have a list of songs. <laughs> you got to do it overnight. You, you got to set it for it overnight. overnight. You put it overnight. <laughs> put it overnight. Hopefully you download a couple songs. And when you woke <laughs> up in the morning, you're just good. And hopefully you don't use all the um, the internet megabyte for the whole day and if not it's gonna get slower than it was too, too uh, funny too funny man struggle but you know we i definitely you know i it was fun to be honest it was fun it was very fun and that's just hilarious you can bring back these memories you wake up and you had those five or six songs in queue and you were just like how many of them hit you know how many yeah, did they yeah, hit? yeah yeah it was yeah. never all of them you always had a couple so, more so wrong 78 percent so it was like 99.9 and it just stays there I'm like and then some like 20 percent it's just like you know, and the song, they, they, were, they weren't even that heavy. And if you have one that's like 8 megabyte, that's a big, huge, maybe like a EDM song. So that was a heavy one. But it's, most hip-hop was like maybe one or two megabytes. Hilarious, man. Hilarious. Oh, I appreciate those memories. You're taking me back. That's fantastic. You've had a long, successful career as a DJ. Now, in order for you to do that, you have to be talented. But at the same time, you've had to adapt to the many changing styles. So how have you changed as a DJ over the years? What, what do you think that you know now that you wish you had known when you started? What I know now is I am a businessman with a DJ business. So that's a big difference. When you're studying, you just focus on DJing, mixing, and you know what I mean, looking cool. But as you grow, you realize you have to work on the business side as m even more than you work on the skills. Because once you get a certain skills, they're not going to go away if you DJ often. You know what I mean? Of course, you want to, if you, you want to get more skills and stuff like that, you keep practicing. But if you're DJing, that's a form of practice. If you're DJing often, let's say you have two gigs a week, you know what I mean? You're still practicing. But when you realize you have a DJ business, then you realize you have to do a lot more than just being on the deck. You have to network. You have to um, promote yourself. You have to understand marketing. You have to collaborate. Um, you have to adapt to different styles of music. You, you also have to understand what kind of event you want to do. Because at some point, I mean, when you start, you want to do everything because you want to get your name out there. But at some point, you're going to realize what are you better at and what makes you different. And you're going to use that angle to, to um, position yourself as that DJ. So when someone's looking for you, they're looking for this specifically. So when you tell them how much you charge, there's no, they, they, they want you, they'll most likely pay for that because that's what they want. So once I realized, I'm like, oh, okay, I don't necessarily need to be DJing every day 
But if I'm looking for the type of event I want to do that makes me excited to do those type of events and they pay good enough so I can keep my business going, I think that's a win-win. Very well said. Very mature. And you could see that just the professionalism that you've gained over the years, it's, it's awesome. What about preparation going into a set? How does, let's say, a club night differ than your arena gig now with, with the Jazz? Okay. Club nights, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to what, like, okay, so there's different stages in the club. You know what I mean? When people would just show up and the vibe, the music is good, but it's not too crazy. And then you have like midnight, 11.30 to midnight, 12.45 type of songs, and you're looking for how to end the night. So first of all, I'm, I'm understanding, okay, how am I going to be playing all night? Or when, if I have, this, if there's another DJ, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What's the time slot? Okay, so once I understand that, I also, okay, where am I going to be DJing at? What's the vibe that's going to make more sense with the setup, the lighting, and also my style, so I can combine those things together. So and when I'm doing the prep, obviously I'm trying to figure out what's good right now, what's hot, what's what's popping. But also, how can I bring some people back and back to the past and the present at the same time? Mm-hmm. So I could be playing from my style, I could be playing a 90s song, and the next song is like the latest Drake song. You're yeah. like, oh, I was just listening to Biggie and now I'm already Drake and then, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So people feel like the vibe doesn't it, it's it, they don't they don't feel like they're they are in a nineties party. They don't feel like yeah. they're in a like, you know, like today party they feel like they're having a good time and that's my goal like how can i have all this my playlist or my crate to have songs that reflects um the vibe that that people think i can bring to the table so how i get ready definitely like I, it takes a couple hours for me before every gig just to get in my crate to listen to music see what could make sense for some reason i, I feel like when i'm getting ready um and I'm listening to something to my, my um, headphone, I kind of feel like, oh, this is what this song might do to the crowd already. Like I have the, I don't know if it's intuition or just experience. You feel like, man, this song is going to pop. If I mm-hmm. play this song like at 12.45, I know exactly what, what could happen. I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling this is what could happen. So when all the stars align, you know what I mean? The crowd is there and everybody's hyped drinks are flowing and you play that song and you're like damn this is what i'm talking about yeah so you get yeah. the crowd ready so that's kind of how i get ready for like you know club stuff like that so well, before you get into the game there was a couple of things i wanted to to talk about because you mentioned a couple of times in there about the time of a song and i think this is something that djs intrinsically know that every song has a time of the night but maybe the average person doesn't know that so will mm-hmm. you explain more about that and why that's important for instance when a song is hot and they come up to you You've had this happen many times and ask for a song. You say, yeah, but it's way too early for that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, maybe the crowd or the person asking that request doesn't quite understand that. So why is there a certain time situated for a song? Why, why does that matter? Okay. so this is important. <laughs> it is very important. It's, it's, it's like a movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's an intro. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you got to understand what's going on in the movie. And then you have the main actors and you have the main core of acting that's going to help you understand the movie. And then you have the end, right? Same for a nightclub. Like, I can't, if, if someone's just showing up to a party and you're playing the latest song, it's almost like you tell them the, the party's over after the song. You, you, you can't go now. If you want to warm up people, it's kind of like a warm up. Like, mm-hmm. what? Or the song that can warm someone else if they feel shy now they can start wo- loosen up a little bit you know what i mean talk to people if it's a networking event you know go to the bar if they drink stuff like that just to warm up people and get get them in the groove so as a dj you're communicating with music 
So you want to start the conversation. I'm going to slowly talk to you about how are you doing? How are you feeling? How's everything? And then we can go to a more deep conversation where I'm actually let, telling you, put your hands up. You're actually going to do it. You know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. not going to, you're not, not going to just show up to a club and the DJ say, put your hands up. You're going to put your hands up. <laughs> like, yo, dude, I don't even know you. What are you talking 15, about? 10-15, man. I just got here. I'm one drink in. Give me, yeah. Yeah, give me a minute. Like, and so um, being able to warm up and, and start connecting with the audience is very important. So there is a few songs, not a few, but there's songs specifically for this type of thing. Like when you're starting an event, um, you you can't go. It's it's energy. You have to um, manage the energy and then gradually raise it to where you want it to go. If it's yeah. a rave, then you're gonna take it all the way to the moon. If it's like you know what I mean, depends on what you depends on what you're doing. But again, you have to start. You have to warm up the crowd. Yeah, and as as you're warming up the crowd, you're going to feel the connection. They're going to feel what you're playing. They might be louder when you say something and they might react more. More people are dancing. They're going crazy. And then over time, that's when you get to the, if there's like one new song, that's the hottest song right now. When you get to that song, it's almost like, you know, you reach the top and then, you know, everybody's going to feel it. And that's part of creating a memory that people are going to, remember forever because they're like damn this dj took me to the moon because he he definitely took care of my night and then also what people don't understand that the dj is also helping you have a great time in terms of for example if you're looking to dance with someone if both people are feeling the song it's going to be easier for you to talk to someone hey do you want to dance but if you know what i mean mm -hmm. but if, if no one is feeling anything like and you're trying to ask someone for like you, you want to dance I, I, <laughs> I don't know i it's gonna be it might it might be a lot harder for you so the that's why the dj reading the crowd is important because your job is not just to look at your screen you got to look what, uh -huh. what's in front of you and then test different sound like if you play a little bit of reggaeton see what's going on yeah, yeah. people are vibing a little bit you might you might stay there a little bit and play some remixes that has a reggaeton feel and see how that works because it's also ex an experiment we're testing. I don't know the people that are in front of me, but my goal is to figure out if what I play will make them dance. And as a DJ, obviously you're gonna have experience over time. You're gonna realize that there's a way to test that. And then once you figure out the formula or you know the vibe that works, and then you just hit it as hard as you can and hopefully people can have a good time and once you get to the peak you play that you know five songs that's hot and then you're trying to maintain it until you need to drop and finish the night so that's the hardest part to be honest because once you play a song that's really hot the next song is usually where the te real test is can you maintain it your goal is you don't need to go higher you just need to maintain it mm -hmm. and sometimes you can even drop the drop it completely and just change the vibe completely and be like hey we're gonna switch it up boom and for, that's i think for me that's one a good time to, for example to, to bring a throwback yeah you know what you know that was the hottest time i'm gonna take you back to the 90s boom you know what i mean and you can use the mic for all those things mic scratching all those things those skills just to just to navigate the crowds like you're kind of like the captain of a ship so you try like okay i'm gonna take you to a different direction now but obviously with skills you're not gonna break the vibe you're just gonna you know, make a transition. I think it's very well said. And I love your point about you helping other people get to know each other. I, I've often thought about how many different dates or relationships or marriages I've created on, you know, mm -hmm. on the floor. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to think about. So with all that, that's what you mentioned for a club gig. How does that differ with your arena gig with the jazz? 
the arena gig, the main difference is you're playing for two different crowds at the same time. Mm. So that's why it's a lot, it's a different. So the, the main audience, at least for the jazz, is the, the players are the main audience. Okay. Because they want to make sure the players are happy um, to what's being played and they feel motivated or they have energy from the song they're listening to and stuff like that. And is that pregame? Pre-game, during the game, all of them. during their game when they're on the court. Okay, Let's say yeah. halftime or yeah, yeah. there's a show, that's that's something else. Yeah. But you know, when they're actively playing or on the court, you know what I mean? We want to make sure whatever's being played is is it's gonna help them, you know, connect with the the music and hopefully get some energy out of that. And then you know, collect, connect with what they can relate to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's the main thing. And one, the other, the other audience is the the fans. Obviously, we want to get a lot of energy from the fans. We want the fans to be excited and happy to be there. Kind of feel like a party when they're, you know, they come to the arena because it's not just a basketball game. There's so many other things that's going on. You know, the dancers, the bear, um, you know, all the giveaways that it, they were doing the games, stuff like that, the other games. So um, how can you make the fans have a better experience mm-hmm. outside of just cheer- cheering for, um, you know, their favorite players? Yeah. You know what I mean? So when they come to the arena, they'll be like, hey, this feels like a party to me. Like, I'm, I have a chance to win money, have a chance to take pictures with this guy. There's a lot of people I could meet. So it's almost feel like a, almost like a, festival basically you know what i mean so yeah. that so now like what kind of music you know you want to play for those things those are more like mainstream stuff people yeah. stuff people will know because obviously there's kids there's old people mm-hmm. so you gotta find a middle ground where you can you know the players mostly wanting hip-hop probably newer hip-hop is that a tough balance because you, you've got that crowd to play for and then like you said you've also got where you've got kids you've got older people that's got to be a tough balance it is and at the same time, it's 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 not really. So let me explain. So when the players are warming up, I'm just playing for the players. Yeah. So I so there's two people playing music. I play music in the arena, but there's also someone else. His yeah. name is um, Roger. He plays like end game. So like when they have like all the um, defense and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. He's the one pressing the button for that. So we are in sync on what we're playing. So that makes it a lot better. So let's say like I'm playing something fresh, you know what I mean? Right before the game, which is usually where all the energy is. It's like almost very important all before the game. And also like the last four quarter, if, if, it's, if it's a close game, like whatever we played then is going to, I think it's going to have a big impact on, on the game, on the fans, on how much energy they put out. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? If you focus on the, on the players first, we, we also want to educate, I want to say educate, but let the fans know that the players, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, I do. <laughs> the players have a different style, especially yeah. in Utah. Like those players are not from here. Yeah. And so, I was going to, I got a question about that coming up. Yeah. Yeah. They're not from here. So this is something, um, you know, we, we need to be clear about that. I understand. Maybe I think that was something that I was also always a challenge um, um, in the past where the fans were, did. Uh, they were the priority, but now it's, it's different. So now, because the players are, are the priority, so we want to let the fans know, hey, 
you know, it's, it's a hip hop environment, period. Yeah. Basketball is fashion, it's fast, it's culture, you know what I mean? It's hip hop, you know, it's, 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 it's all those things. So hip hop is at the core of all that. Yeah. And obviously that's why the main focus is for the players, because if they're playing well, we're going to have more games. If they're playing well, we, we might get to, you know, finals, who knows if they're playing well, if, and if music is a big part of that, we have to make sure we're doing the right things. Yeah. Because if, if let's say, if, for example, if I'm a player and then I, I'm on the court and they're playing some, you know, like, let's say country thing that if I don't like, you know what I mean? Something that's, I'm yeah. like, what, what's going on? That yeah. that in itself could, you know, like mess up my mindset. I'm like, these people are just, I'm just here for a bag and I need to get out of here because yeah. I don't feel connected with anything that's going on around here. So that's what we were trying to do. Feel like the players are more connected to, not on, not just the team, but the city, Salt Lake City and Utah. Well, I thought you guys did a great job of it. I know listening to you, mm-hmm. I think you came, I think you opened up with, uh, gosh, I think it was sharing locations. I thought that's might've been what you opened up with, but it was, mm-hmm. it was something Meek Mill you came out with and there was a lot of energy and I was really mm-hmm. impressed. I thought it was mm-hmm. great. You mentioned the Jazz being a very international team, which I think is fantastic. It's so cool. So I'm curious, the request you get from the players. So I'm, I'll give you a name. You tell me the first song that they've either asked for or the first song that comes to mind. So let's, I'll, I'll just start with, start with my man, Bogey. What, 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 what do you do for him? What do you play for him or what does he ask for? You know what, Boogie is, is he, he almost like he doesn't really, he's like, he's, I'm good with anything. Okay. You know what I mean? So, um, Boogie is good with anything. Um, Joe Angles, he's good with anything. Okay. Um, Rudy Gobert, he has like French songs that he he wants um, when he's warming up. Um, he has usually let me know, hey, you know, French song and also um, um, reggae songs. Yeah. He likes those French songs. Are those ones you have to actually go looking for, or do you already have them? No, no, I have to go look for those okay. songs so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and look for them, and sometimes edit those songs because it's yeah. not as easy to find a yeah. conversion. Um, but um, I do speak French, so it's not a problem for me to edit those things. Um, so you know, when he wants it, he'll let me know, and then and after that, you know, a little hip hop is cool with that too. Yeah. How about how about my man Clarkson? Clarkson, he likes, he likes, let me see. He likes a variety of stuff. Oh, do, likes, do you keep a, do you keep like a database with their names next to it? Like in yeah, the yeah, I keep, cool. I keep, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So one way, so I, there's two ways I get songs from the players. I, um, I try to get close to them as much as I can. Yeah. Um, especially with COVID. Um, I'm not, I'm, I, I was on the court the first year I was, I started, but now I'm not anymore. So I, I can't really talk to them you know, in person, but some of them that, I, that I'm connected with on Instagram, sometimes we talk, they share like what's going on. And I also, I check their stories, see what they're okay. posting. And then, you know what I mean? If they post something today and there's a game today, best believe I'm going to be playing and, sure. and, and, and let them know, hey, we're listening to, we're, we're listening to you and then whatever you like, we're not afraid to play it for you. As as long as it's not something too crazy, you know what I mean. Like, or it's not like gun blazing, shooting, boom, 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 nothing crazy like that. Yeah. But if it's just hip hop, regular stuff, yeah, I will definitely play it and make sure um, you we we let you know that you will acknowledge your your music style and if it if that song will help you warm up better, play better, you know, or have a better experience in the arena, for sure I'm gonna be playing that. 
I think it's fantastic. I've always written in the, in Serato in the comment section, I'll put players' names or people's names in that. That way, if they walk in, they come in, I can just type in their name. And the song comes up. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great. Exactly. Earlier, you were talking about just the relationship you have with the crowd at a club night. And I always think it's fascinating because it, it's totally a give and take, you know, I'm going to give it you, give you what you want. And every once in a while, I'm going to give you something that you might not know, but trust me, you're going to like it. So it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you develop trust early on in a set? Because I feel like once a crowd trusts you and you got them, that's when you can maybe take more chances. That's when you can have a little more fun with it. So how do you develop that trust? As a DJ, your trust, trust level will grow over time, period. When you're studying, people don't really trust you at all. They're like, okay, even if you're playing great, yeah. they're still skeptical. Who's this guy? Yeah. Like, who's this guy? I can do it better. Yeah, I can do it better. So if if it's, there's another DJ in the room, <laughs> exactly, they can exactly, do it exactly. <laughs> cool. <laughs> if you know what I mean, as you as you keep growing over time, and people are seeing you in different elements and what you do, I don't know. Maybe subconsciously, they they think if you are able to do certain things, it's because other people trust you. And when more people trust you, automatically they will give you the benefit of the doubt. Okay. And now, when you're actually DJing in front of them, that's why the warm up session is very important. Mm-hmm. You try to connect with them as much as you can um, as soon as possible. And so, so, as soon as they walk in, they feel like, damn, this guy, you know, there's a vibe in here. Yeah, yeah. If they can say something like that, or they're already bobbing their head like this, that's a sign to me that, okay, I'm connecting with this person. And then here and there, I will play something they might never, I've never heard before. Mm -hmm. And then I see, I'm trying to understand what's the reaction. And from there, I can definitely um, take more chances and stuff like that and build more trust overnight. And Mm -hmm. the ultimate, ultimate goal is to make sure, I'm gonna make sure you have a good time. If I play something, it's not working. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. I'm gonna yeah. switch it up real quick. Yeah. So they they're like, oh yeah, he's he's moving around. He's trying to figure out what's going on, what works, what doesn't. And if more people are dancing, and you find a way to keep them there as much as possible, and and you try to and grab whoever's not dancing, you know, it's you're building the trust. And once you get to that point where you feel like you have the crowd in in front of you, and you just go for it, yeah. And, for you, you know, people appreciate that. Every year, there's like three or four songs that just crush it. They're the songs of the year, the ones that you drop that you save for after maybe one o'clock, twelve forty-five. You save it for then, and they just give the biggest reaction. So, as you look back on your career, what are some of the songs that just gave the biggest, loudest roar, or the biggest reaction, or the ones that you were even blown away that when you dropped it, you're like, "Oh, I didn't know it was gonna go off like that." What are some of the ones that just first songs that come to mind? My career, I think it's a reggae song for sure. Okay. Because every time we play this thing, so it's almost like even people were sleeping, they were, they're going to wake up. It's crazy. So it's an old reggae song. I don't know if you know. It's uh, from the, it's a rhythm, bum bum rhythm. So it's, let me see, what's the name of this artist? Curdy Ranks. So he's every time we play that song, that thing goes crazy. Um, I have a folder. It's called Brooklyn to New Jersey. I have like a list of songs that I can definitely give people uh, um, memories of. Damn, I used to listen to this song when I was this and that. So when I played those songs, even if a DJ is playing all the new songs, 
I feel like I can play those songs and make people forget that he played all the new songs. And when I get to the new song, it's almost like no one ever played like those that. songs. I like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's I'm like, you're, 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 you, the way you set up your crates and with the vast variety of music that's available for any of these days, you should never be worried about anyone playing songs too early or not. Obviously, you don't. Obviously, it would be better if, if that person waits at the right time. But even if they don't, it's never a problem, at least to me in my personal opinion, because having di a different type of music in my crate, I feel like I can just navigate that and then give you a, a different vibe. You know what I mean? Even play some remixes. And, and then when I get to the place where I can play wherever you just did, people are going to forget it. And you can even, that's why you can even use, if you had a club, you can use the mic. You know what yeah. I mean? You know what I mean? Like if you could even say something like that, you know what I mean? For some of you just got here, it's time to celebrate. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, if 2021 was a good year for you, for you, you know, let's, let's win 2022. And then you play, all I do is win, win, yeah, win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can just, you can do so many things. And then bang, you play that, that hot song. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's just, you got to be creative for sure. What about hip hop song with the best first beat? Because I know that's a big part. You drop it, that first beat, if it's recognizable, they know it right away. Something like back that thing up juvenile loonies. I got five on it. Like, whoa, that first initial beat and the crowd just goes, what do you think is the strongest first beat on a hip hop song? Huh. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. Something that when you play for sure, like it's just, you know, it's gonna go crazy. Um, uh, let me see. So if I'm in Utah, to be honest, um, let's see what works. In Utah, I would say like, I don't know. There's just a few good ones. Uh, I'm looking at the playlist. I'm like, okay, which one should I give you? Um, but, okay, I'll say Be Faithful will be a good one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Be Faithful will be a good one. Yeah. We drop it um, on the Fat Men School uh, yeah. drop. Yeah, that's good. Um, let me see. Let me see if I can find a new one, like for this year. This year, let's see. Mm, Travis Scott, he has a couple good ones when you yeah. play it. That yeah. goes crazy for sure. Um, the Serato play count is a new thing. I wish they would have had it forever because I would be addicted forever. to that. Right now, what is the number one played song in your play count in Serato? Let me see. Right now, it's one dance, Drake. Okay. Yeah, it's and usually one that you could play late night or early night. Some that's, that's more universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have... Wow, I have Drake, I have Bernard Boy on the low. That's pretty yeah. close. Yeah. Um, this is how we do it. I played that a lot. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Of course. Um, dreams. Um, nonstop Drake. Okay. Um, cycle That's mode. A, and that nonstop's another one of those first beat catchy right away. Yeah. 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 yeah nonstop. Um, wow. Post Malone. Yeah. Um, levitating. Dua Lipa, um, It Takes Two. Those are pretty high on my list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be Faithful, Humble, A Little Baby, um, In My Feelings, Drake's, um, Going Bad, McNeil. Of course. Um, let me see. 
DJ Khaled is up there. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith, check it with it. It's pretty high, 40. Nice. Yeah. And then I have Rihanna for sure. As far as house music, let me go to house music folder. Yeah. Don't start now. Okay. This is what we came for. It's pretty high. One more time. It's pretty high. Uh, the business, Tristo. Yeah. Pretty high. Seems like to be my number one. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a great um, choice. It works. It works in different yeah, locations. Yeah, it, it 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 does work. It's, yeah. It works like yo. It it it's, it's a good one. Over the last couple of years, incredibly, incredibly difficult for DJs. A lot of uncertainty. A lot of, am I going to play again? When will I play again? How am I going to pay the bills? So much doubt, so much uncertainty. And there were times probably where you were like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So for you during those difficult times, what'd you do? What'd you turn to? So for me, it was, uh, COVID was easy for me for one reason. When I moved to the state, I didn't know anyone. I was already DJing in Haiti. So when I moved to Utah, I had to start from zero. I, I, I knew what it felt to have something and lose it. So when COVID came, I was like, this feels Isn't familiar. <laughs> <laughs> this feels this feel familiar. So what did I do? Connect with people. Um, chat with people. Figure out how I can help someone else. Hey, are you doing a Zoom meeting? Can I just come play some music for you? Cool. Hey, um, you know, there's a couple of students at the U. They want to hear my story. I'm definitely going to do a speech. Stuff like that. I'm going to take a cool photo shoot tomorrow. I'm going to keep marketing myself and keep providing value. As, that's what I'm saying. As a, a business, you don't necessarily need to, I don't necessarily need to be DJing to be attracting client to me. I can attract client to me different ways. My story, what I post online, how I can connect with someone else. Um, what I was doing, I was doing live on Instagram. And I'm also providing like a playlist on Spotify every week. Hey guys, this is a new update of a playlist. Go check it out. So I'm providing value in multiple ways. Yeah. And when when things open up, my name was always, you know, first on the yeah. exactly. So it wasn't hard for someone to be like, hey, we're gonna do the first event. Are you interested? It wasn't hard because I kept the connection. Yeah. So I I didn't go and say, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? And start crying. No, that's when you you expand even more, expand your reach because you have more time to really connect with people and people had more time to actually talk to, to people because they were not as busy. So that was a perfect opportunity. So tell me about Afro Paradigm and what inspired its creation. As a DJ, you all, I mean, for me at least, um, you are usually hired for, to help with someone else's idea, someone else's event, someone else, um, you know, whatever. So I was like, okay, I've, I've learned a lot just by working with people and then helping them with their events and stuff like that. But especially in Utah, there's sometimes I feel like there's a few things that are missing that could help make the event uh, better or give people a better experience that I wasn't aware of until I got there. So it's, we had a conversation, everything was great. But you know, you, as a DJ, you're only a part of the whole thing. So when you get there, you really realize, oh, there's a little few things that could have, you know, be interesting if they they had thought about it. Even when I go to out to clubs, when I go out to just regular event, networking, even corporate events, so all that stuff. And also, this in Utah for me, I'm always working with vendors, but I I, I don't really work with that a diverse group of vendors. It's usually this 
like there's a group of vendors, they're great, but I also wanted to explore different um, people and find out if I can um, connect with different creatives and from different, with different backgrounds, especially in Utah. Because the goal was, when I thought about Afro Paradigm is how can we make Salt Lake City a more interesting city? And in order to do that, I thought about culture because if the culture gets better, I feel like it's going to make this place a little bit more interesting. And the other question I asked, what are the different elements in life in general that can help people connect with each other? It's music, it's art, it's food, and also it's the culture conversation. Do we feel more connected or do we feel more divided? So that's why I was like, okay, first of all, as a DJ, I want to start, I want to, I want to do events that are centered around those key elements, art, music, culture, and experience. So, and also when I was starting out, I thought about, okay, there's a few people that I talked to. Um, I feel like they, they could have given, given me an opportunity, but because I was just studying, it was harder for me to get that opportunity. So my goal was like, okay, if I'm aware of anyone that's great, but they're just starting or they don't have a platform yet, how can I build a, a, a space for them to at least um, explore their talents? So in a diverse place, it's not just black or unless you know yeah. everybody. I'm, I wanted to, I wanted to get to know everybody from different sections and learn from them also. So that's why we call it Afro Paradigm. And the reason why we put Afro behind it is because the I we the culture that we want, we want it to be a mixed culture. So for me, it's if it's Afro culture, it's gonna be mixed with other things. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's why we like, okay, I think it will be a great to let people know the people behind the scene will be a diverse group of talented people and the crowd hopefully could be also a mixed crowd and that will help make it make the connection and hopefully will help make Salt Lake City a more interesting place because you get to explore different people, different cultures, different food, different art, different music. And that in itself, to me at least, will make me be more interested to be out downtown, be more interested to find out when is the next event. Yeah. Because I know it's gonna it's gonna have a little bit more flavor to it. I think it's, it's a brilliant idea and I love the evolution of Salt Lake from the first time I was there to just recently. There's definitely has been a great change and mm -hmm. the culture, culture is popping a lot mm -hmm. more. This has been so much fun. How can people stay up to date? How can they follow your career? I know we got you at Jazz Games, but go ahead and give us a mention of how they can follow you, but also of any events you got coming up. So the best way to follow me is definitely on Instagram at DJ June, J-O-U-N-E, DJ. And also... They can reach out to me on my website if they want to contact, to contact me and everything. Um, but yeah, Instagram, TikTok, everything I have is DJ June. So, but if you want to really follow me to see, um, you know, the journey, Instagram definitely is going to display that. And what's next, to be honest, I want to get into the um, crypto world more and the metaverse world to understand what's the future of music in that space. Mm -hmm. So if I could, for example, be DJing on a Tuesday night in the metal world from my living room, which people are already doing on Twitch, kind of. So I'm like, yo, that, that's something I need to exp explore more and keep studying. But when it comes to like what we're doing right now, um, I'm working on my next event for Afro Paradigm. I think where I'm aiming April or in March. Um, and 
that's what I'm working on right now. That's where I'm putting most of my energy. And then I will have a workshop um, in the beginning of next year. I think second week of January, we're gonna have, I'm gonna do a workshop. And the goal is to help people um, create a professional DJ business. So okay. everything I think they should know, I will let them know. And it's gonna be open for, um, for kids and adults. And I think it will be great value. And those are the things, everything I felt like I wish I knew early, early, earlier on, I'm going to let people know and hopefully they can learn from it and take it. Very and cool. Run with it. Very cool, man. My message is always to people to just follow me and saying, Oh, wow. Good. Congrats. You're doing this and that. Just letting you know, it's, it's a journey, man. Nothing is, there's no straight line. And so it's up and down, even up to, at a level that someone else might think is the highest level. There's always a way you can improve and get better. Yeah. And even at that level, that doesn't mean that person is feel like they achieve anything. So not that they achieve everything. I mean, so um, it's great. But I think the best lesson is always to look back and ask them, how did you get there? Instead of saying, instead of saying, yo, how can we connect? Because you're just doing something now. Because yeah. how did you get there? I feel like has more value and listening to it, especially if you want to be, you know, into the music scene and stuff like that. You yeah. understand that we all have to go through ups and downs in life in general but as a career like a dj career where it's not like i went to school for that anything like that so always people saying hey you're a dj and then kind of like saying oh you're a dj all right cool you know what i mean yeah until you tell me this is what i'm doing oh really you're doing that yeah and yeah. now they start giving you more credibility exactly. i'm like exactly. yeah it's so it's always something you're gonna have to deal with um and and the reality is if you're doing something you love doing first of all you enjoy doing and you can make money out of it. Who cares what other people are doing? I don't care. I don't care. Seriously, to be honest, I don't give a damn. Yeah. So if, if I can do that and I'm happy and I'm growing and I'm always trying to find ways to adapt and improve, that's all that matters to me. And that's why, I, for me, I'm never in, in, in competition with anyone around because I'm always trying to figure out how to promote other DJs around me because we're all in diff different paths. You know what I mean? You might like something I do. I might like something you do. But if we can help each other grow, that's all that matters. Because at the end of the day, if we can, you know, put food on the table and, you know, take care of a family, have a little bit of fun, you know what I mean? It's already a great position to be in because as a DJ, you, you can't control your time. Yeah. Couldn't say it that's, any better. Yeah. And that's something most people don't. Like, what time is it? Yeah. 11.46 on a Tuesday. I, for me. You know yeah. what I mean? And I can have a Zoom interview. A lot of people can't. And I, it's, it's like, okay, yeah, it's a privilege and opportunity. So that's why I, I'm not going to take it for granted. And then the only person that can outwork me is the person I was yesterday. And not, I'm not going to let that happen. My man, very well said. Very well said. Was, this was so much fun. I, we're coming up on episode 500 and we've had about 60 different countries represented. But you're our first person to represent Haiti. So I love that. We get to put another flag up on our mantle for that. Right, but uh, this, was, this, was, this was a blast, man. I'm going to come back. I mean, why not? I had a great time in Salt Lake. I'm going to go back. Next time I'm in there, yeah, we'll, we'll next grab Next time lunch. you come back, hit me up. Uh, shoot me a message, man. And we'll definitely like, uh, um, you know, sit down and talk. You're a DJ too, so I want to learn your story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, it's only I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can sit down. Yeah, whenever you come out here, just let me know, man. No doubt. It's only an hour and a half flight. It's an easy flight. You know, easy you flight. I'll hit you. I'll get, after the new year, I'll get out there again. I mean, why yeah, the heck not? Yeah, why not?
Exactly. That's one thing I've learned when people talk about things. It's just like pandemic and everything taught me, like, don't save anything. Don't save good ideas. Yeah, well, don't save what anything. Do you, yeah, yeah. What do you have to lose? Like, not, not much, you know what I mean? So just yeah. go for it. If you feel like you can and there's time for it and then you, you have the, you know, possibility to make it happen, make it happen. This was great, man. I really appreciate it. You're, yeah, you're, thank you're you. awesome. You're awesome. So thank you so much. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for reaching out. I, I'm always I'm happy to just, you know, share the story and hopefully you can inspire someone else. Definitely. I think you will. I think you are an inspiration and I know that your story will continue to inspire. Sounds good, man. Hit me up. We'll stay in touch. Cool. Thanks, man. All right. Have a good trip. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to my man, DJ June. Looking forward to getting out there to Salt Lake again. Do me a favor and please give him a follow on all social media. You can find him, DJ June. That's J-O-U-N-E. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Aviento.